Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is Vince Wright, host of the Sports Done Right podcast. And let me tell you something. When it comes to frozen pizza, there is only one pizza that stands out above the rest, and that is 7th Avenue Pizza, proud sponsor of the Sports Done Right podcast. Make sure you go get you some at Speedway, Holiday Stations, Lunds and Byerly's, Hy-Vee, amongst other places as well. We thank them for supporting the show. 7th Avenue Pizza. I am Vince Wright, and I approve this message. Oh, yeah. Get your snowcats ready and get over here. Right now? You darn tootin'. Don't you know it's time for the governor's weekly address? Live from the Situation Room of his lakefront chateau, he's bringing a little color to the voice of Minnesota sports talk and worldwide. His mama calls him Vince, but you can call him Governor. And by way of executive order, he's serving real sports fans a dose of sports done right. All right, cut the intro, cut the intro. All right, folks, what is going on, everybody? Vince Wright, the sports governor from Minnesota slash Arizona, coming to you live and direct on a beautiful, and I do mean beautiful, uh, Phoenix morning here in the desert. It is going to be 80 degrees today, not a cloud in the sky. Um, I do got some work to do, but we had to get a show in and there may be some golf involved a little later on today as well. But ladies and gentlemen, um, this is the Sports Done Right Podcast. I am Vince Wright. As you well know, uh, the show is brought to you by 7th Avenue Pizza. Make sure you go get you some. And the fine folks over at Cultivated CBD, make sure you check them out. If you got any pain, anxiety, sleep issues, let me tell you something. Cultivated CBD has the best products out there. All right, man, let's just get right to it. I got the man, the myth, the legend coming to you from the ATL on the line here. He is the one and only Macy O'Hurd Jr., uh, the crush, next level. He's doing all things sports-related in the ATL down there. Macy O, what's happening, my man? My brother, first and foremost, I am jealous of you and that forecast that you just gave <laughs> uh, for the Phoenix, Arizona area. I am truly jealous, but always a pleasure to talk to you, my guy. What's going on? Hey, man, I, I appreciate it. Always good to talk to you, Macy Oil. And I'm going to touch base because we're going to be down in Atlanta. I think me and the wife here, we're going to try and get down there this fall. But let let me just start by asking you this, man. Um, obviously, we'll get into the championship teams down there in Georgia. But I got one question because I do have a few friends that are alumni of Georgia Tech. What the hell is going on at Georgia Tech with just any of the athletics? I mean, you know, we grew up with the days we had Bobby Crimmins. We had Georgia Tech being relevant in football. Uh and now, man, I mean, they're literally an, almost an afterthought maybe to Georgia State down there. I mean, no, Mace, what's going on down there with Georgia Tech? It, 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 it's a tough time for the Yellow Jackets, uh, the school over on the flats. Uh, we start with basketball right now, what's currently going on. Um, talent level. And you and you were seeing 
they brought Josh Passner in, and he was supposed to be this great recruiter. You know, he did a lot of great things in Arizona. He comes to Tech uh, immediately, a scandal or two here, there, and he hadn't been able to tap into the talent level that's in the state of Georgia. If you look at Auburn, who's the top basketball team in the country until last night, um, majority of the basketball team from the state of Georgia. Everybody's getting the talent out of the state of Georgia in basketball except Georgia Tech. And it's kind of the same thing with football. You brought Jeff Collins in. He does a great job of marketing the program uh, right. for for the culture. He's doing a lot of things with Waffle House. He's, he's making uh, Georgia Tech seem very inviting, but yet it's not translating to wins on the field. And now he's put himself in a situation where this possibly could be his last season at Tech. Wow, man, that's 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 crazy. Uh, and let me ask you this, Maceo, because I also got friends over at Georgia State. And just to kind of give folks the background who who don't know, uh, Georgia State's actually the largest co- uh, college um, in Georgia, you know, right there in Atlanta. They fixed up the, the old Turner Field. I, I don't know what they call it now, but uh, a nice facility to kind of get their football program going in the right direction. Is Georgia State on the verge of overtaking Georgia Tech, at least on the athletic side of things? It's a quiet process, but they are definitely coming. If you were to kind of see all of the changes that are going on around Turner Field, Georgia State has basically brought all of that area, and that's where they're going to put the new sports complex. And with Georgia State being the largest uh, college in the state, Right. What they're trying to do, because the campus is so disjointed, you got a lot of it is downtown, but you got uh, some of the campus in Decatur. You have oh, a lot wow. of the different. Okay. So it's like it's, it's all over the place. But what they're doing athletically, they're putting everything in one central location, and it's actually helping with recruiting. It's giving the kids uh, a viable option again, with Georgia being such a fertile ground for football. Right. What yeah, they're absolutely. figuring out is we can kind of just stay in state. <laughs> and right. grab all of this talent and, and build a program here. And that's why they're doing such a great job of changing the facilities. They've turned the field looks so much different. Now, You, it's almost impossible to tell that they actually played baseball that for a long time. Right, yeah, that's the thing. Because, like, I, you know, I go online and look at these pictures, and that's what I was saying, and that's why I wanted to bring it up, because they've totally transformed this old baseball stadium into a college football stadium, <laughs> a, a real nice facility. I mean, you know, compared to, to what Georgia Tech's rocking with, you know, over there at, um, you know, on their campus. I mean, you know, Georgia State, man, they really, at least in my opinion, from afar, looked like they had the hands up, just like what you were saying in terms of marketing, recruiting. So let me ask you this, Maceo. As we get before I get into the national champions here, let's just hit on these Falcons real quick, man. Um, I was let's talking talk about to them. you, let's yeah, man. I was talking uh, beforehand, Matt Ryan, whatnot. Do you think he's going to be there next year? I mean, do they ship him out? Do they try and trade him? And just short term here over the next year or two. What do them Falcons got to do, man, to get back into uh, making deep playoff runs? Well, let's start with the Matt Ryan piece. Matt, Matt Ryan will be here. Uh, if we know anything about salary cap and dead cap, all these things here, mm-hmm. you're pretty much forced to keep Matt Ryan at least one more season for the salary. Now, if somebody comes calling and say, hey, we'll take Matt Ryan off your hands, then, you know, you do it. But right. I just don't see a scenario where – because, I mean – 
let's just be honest. If you look at what Matt Ryan brings to the table and you just look at, like, everybody talks about this upcoming quarterback draft, is it a guy in the draft that you can plug in day one and is going to give you what Matt Ryan gives you? And probably the answer is no. Right. Now, what you need to do at Atlanta Falcon-wise, you need to actually – you got to upgrade the offensive line because he's probably the most hit quarterback in the NFL. So that's the issue there. He he basically played without his number one wide receiver, Calvin Ridley, who took the mental health uh, route after about five weeks into the season. So you forced Kyle Pitts, who was a rookie, to have to kind of adjust and become the number one guy. And then you didn't really have a running game in Atlanta. So a lot of things were against Matt Ryan. Yet still, he still, if you look at his numbers, he put up respectable numbers considering what was going on around him. Right. So let me ask you this, man. On the defensive side of the ball down there, what do you see? What needs to be fixed? Um, You know, Falcons used to have a pretty nice defense here, but kind of like the offense, they kind of going south a bit. What do they got to do to get their shit together? Well, of course, as always, if you can't rush the passer, (laughs) (laughs) NFL quarterbacks have time to throw. They are going to beat you. I don't care if you got Dion at one corner and (laughs) you know two Dion's. If you can't get to the quarterback, and so many times, and and we probably said this in Atlanta for like the last five years, got to get a pass rusher. You spent money on Dante Fowler. Uh, had materialized. You you drafted Attack McKinley, couldn't stay healthy. So you have to find a way to get somebody who can get the quarterback off the spot. It's just too many times you watch Falcon games, you see Brady pat the ball, or just whoever it was, they just pat the ball. Because it's like nobody's getting to the quarterback, and even though Grady Jerry is a nice piece in the middle, you almost like, mm, you know, it's not enough. So they definitely have to fix that pass rush. Cause I mean, we don't care who you got on the back end. A.J. Terrell is a very good corner. Yes, he but, is. But, I mean, he can't cover guys seven, eight seconds. Right, yeah, that's a very good point. That is a very good point. And, you know, that's kind of the thing, too, we have up here with Cousins. You know, I always say, hey, if you give Cousins time back there, yeah. he can find a way to slice and dice you. But, you know, once <laughs> once you get a little bit of pressure on the dude, you know, the defense has pretty much got him at his will. So, so I understand right. that. Now, let me ask you this. And, again, folks, this is Vince Wright, Sports Done Right Podcast, newly on the Pigskin um, uh, Network. Pits, uh if I could talk this morning here, I'm I'm, I'm just diluted <laughs> with weather, sunshine. Weather, it, I was just going to say the Pigskin Podcast <laughs> Network here. Um, l- let me ask you this. How do you feel about the coaching staff on your Falcons down there? Uh, it always comes back to the coaching, too. So how how you feeling about what you guys got down there? So I do believe that Arthur Smith is going to be a very good uh, head football coach. He has a good offensive mind. Uh, he just needs pieces. We, you can't coach in this league without talent. That's just the longest short of it. I, I, you know, I look at what you guys have in Minnesota. I mean, you you, you lose a, a D's, but I mean, hey, Justin Jefferson, and it's like you really don't miss a beat. Right, right, yeah. You know, so with the with the Falcons, you okay? Julio is older. You lose Julio. Calvin really is supposed he's supposed to be the one. And then, like I say, he decides that ah, you know, my mind is not in. I'm gonna take the year off. So now he's throwing to Russell Gage becomes your one. Who? <laughs> you know, Russell Gage. Uh, just just guys you just don't know. And I mean, again, you know Kyle Pitts, 
But mm-hmm. I mean, he's a tight end. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, he was so, my fantasy you know, tight you, end, so a very good that, tight end. See, there you go. Yep. So <laughs> you know, you have to have pieces in this league. So I think Arthur Smith once once him and Terry Fonda, who's the new GM, once they can like upgrade this roster, I think we'll see uh, why Arthur Smith became. You got to look at. Nobody predicted the Falcons to win seven games this year. I mean, come on. Right. Who had that roster? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think Vegas had the over-under at four. I mean, they won seven games. And I listen, they won the pretty seven games, but the fact they won seven games in the NFL speaks volumes to what he did with a very limited roster. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, let's just keep it going, man. I know I'm rushing through things, people, but I got the man, the myth, the legend out of the ATL, Macy O'Hur Jr. So I'm touching on all the Georgia-based sports. Let's get to these Hawks, man. You know, you got uh, the pimp master, Trey Young, down there. Um, You know, definitely a a great ball player. But I'm going to be honest, Macy, I haven't really kept an eye too much on the Hawks this year. So right now, how's Atlanta feeling about their Hawks? And what do you think about the team in general? Oh, hello? Maceo? Oh, my goodness. The phone line dropped. Hold on here. Let me get... Ah, shoot. I apologize for that, folks. Let's do this. I'm going to take a quick break here. I'm going to get Maceo back on the line. We've been having some issues with Skype kind of falling off like that. Um, Let's do this. I will be right back with Maceo. And this is the Sports Done Right podcast. Oh, there's Maceo. Maceo, you there? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, sorry about that, man. That's one of the things with this Skype kind of interface I have with my thing uh just every once in a while it falls off so um I'll just get right back to it just asking you again what good? you think yep what are we thinking about the Hawks Trey Young where are they at so far well it seems like uh we subtract Cam Reddish uh from our from our locker room and all of a sudden we get back on uh the streak that we were right. on last season so clearly Cam Reddish was the problem. <laughs> but now it, it, it looks like the Hawks finally got held at too many COVID issues to start the season. You had a banged up trade. John Collins missed a lot of time. DeAndre Hunter, who uh probably our defensive specialist, he missed a lot of time. But now that the roster has kind of come back together, it looks like they're rolling again. Nice, nice. All right, so let's get to the big two, man. The whole reason I wanted to talk to you, you living in the land of champions down there. <laughs> Oh, man. Mom, we ain't in the Kansas City more. Look at this. You got Georgia Bulldogs. You got Atlanta Braves. So let's start with the Braves, man. Uh, a, a hell of a run. You got uh, Eddie Rosario from my twins down there, and look what he's doing. So just a brief recap, man, on that Atlanta season for the Braves and, and you know what it meant to the city and, and all of that because it, it had been a moment since the Braves won a chip. Long, long time coming. Uh, we 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 suffered through a lot, and this, this the funny part about it. 
we kind of greedy a little bit. You know, we we happy for this championship, but we kind of look at that last season. We were up three one on the Dodgers, and we should have closed the Dodgers out. We definitely would have beat Tampa in the World Series. So you know, the the kind of that that feeling hurt, but to finally win a championship in Atlanta for the Braves, I mean, it was just a thing of beauty to see Freddie Freeman finally uh, deliver on like the promise that that uh he you know he he was like the next chipper <laughs> and he was supposed to like deliver us multiple world championships and, and like time was running out and you look at the young talent we had all these we kinda hated that we lost Acuna but just Liberty Media and un they usually don't do these type things, go out and make the kind of trades they made uh to bring in like a Jock Peterson, to bring in a Solaire who you know, okay, who who like, these guys weren't doing anything where they were, but they came into the Atlanta locker room and they made such a huge difference. And our pitching stayed on point, and just to win that World Championship, especially against Houston Astros, who everybody wanted to lose anyway. Right, exactly. Because they're cheaters. They're <laughs> cheaters. cheaters. They are. But <laughs> <laughs> they're cheaters. Yes, but to see the Braves. Finally break through, and again to do it without Acuna, we kind of felt bad that Acuna wasn't going to be part of this. But Man. the young talent mixed yeah. with those veterans, Liberty Media did a great job of kind of just filling in for Acuna, and I mean, we, we're still celebrating. The parade was a little too fast, but <laughs> we enjoyed every second of it. Yeah, they they, they just sped they just sped through downtown Atlanta. I mean, it was like, what what are we doing? <laughs> that, it, it made no sense. It made no sense yeah, whatsoever. But but hey, you you got the chip. All right, man. So uh, a few more moments here with Maceo people. Let's get to these Georgia Bulldogs, man. I mean, ah. ooh, impressive. You know, coming off of the SEC championship game, what Bama was able to do there, and then you know Kirby gets them, gets them focused. And to come out and to put that game together that they did in the national championship where, you know, I mean, I, that's probably as close as you're going to get to maybe purely dominating Alabama. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, but I mean, I was just impressed. Now, I don't have a dog in the fight, as we like to say, even though I got, you know, you and other friends down in Georgia. So I was kind of mm-hmm. pulling for Georgia. And just to break right. up that Alabama, you know, monopoly <laughs> on things. So, right. you know, let's let's talk about it, man. And, and I know people, we, we've had a, a lot of recaps and whatnot. But, Maceo, what did you think of that championship game and, you know, what them Bulldogs were able to do to Alabama? So, let, let's just kind of go back to what Kirby has done since he arrived in Athens. He, he saw the blueprint firsthand at Alabama, so he knew – to compete for national championships, he has to build a team just like Alabama. And when you do look at Georgia and Alabama, I mean, they're, they're, the, they're the same exact team. Right. Offensive line, defensive line, uh, long corners. Uh, Kirby recruits the same way that Nick does. Now, the difference of quarterback play, I mean, it, it, it's debatable because you got one guy, one side, you got a Heisman Trophy winner, a guy who was a five-star. Mm-hmm. You have a story in Stetson Bennett that, I mean, just determination. But when you have all of the pieces that Kirby has assembled in Athens, we talked about this uh, to start the season. Kirby just had one job this season, and that was to win the national championship. He knocked on the door. Now it's time for Kirby to kick the door in. And he's done everything right recruiting-wise, uh, 
facility-wise, it was just time to win the game. And when they lost the SEC championship game, I kind of was trying to get people to understand that's not really the goal. Now, I mean, yeah, you want to win it, but the goal is to win the bigger trophy. And I think at the end of the day, once you win the Natty, ah, the SEC championship trophy, ah, I, I think you live without it. Yeah, I think so, too. I think so, too. <laughs> I think you can live without it. Man, so, you know, word on the street down there, man. When Georgia finally pulled this off, I can imagine all the Kirby Smart haters probably had uh, to go away. <laughs> I, well, I mean, you know, hey, it's a national championship, oh, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, they, right. Herschel Walker ain't coming through that door to save you. No, definitely so, not. You know, well, hey, maybe he might be y'all's next senator, but that's a whole nother show. Uh, that's right not gonna there. happen. That's not gonna, yeah, that's not gonna happen. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> but um, but man, so Kirby Smart, he he's got the chip program, obviously in a very good place, you know. And so when you're on the SEC East side, it's really just Bama that you're dealing with in the championship game. So, in kind of looking at the schedule, they got Oregon. You know, first game out, but outside of that, man, I think Georgia might be right back in this thing next year. And, and that's the crazy part about it. I talked about greed earlier. A group of it's like this. Pretty much everybody feels that. You look at the schedule for next season. There's no reason Georgia shouldn't be right back in the mix right, yeah. for the national championship. You, you're bringing back your, you're bringing back your, your quarterback. You pretty much you got four or five star kids who missed last season, who will definitely be part of this mix this year. The defense is gonna probably you know it's not gonna be as dominant as it was last year, but again, Kirby has recruited so well to the point where Georgia, they, you know what they always say, just reload. Right. Yeah. Just, they just reload one five star lead. Here come another five star. You just don't know his name. So yeah, that's the yeah. type of program Kirby has built. So now. Just like Nick did. You know, Nick had people in Tuscaloosa. They are so spoiled. And listen, they're going to be in the running next year, too. Oh, but I of think course Kirby, so. now that he finally got that off his back, Vince, mm-hmm. now Kirby feels like now it's his time to make run, like two out of three or three out of four. That That's what people are expecting because, again, Georgia has probably been recruiting-wise the last five years since Kirby's been there. They're always in the top five in recruiting. Right, yeah. So – that should translate to, in, in a lot of people's eyes, national championships, Kirby. So you got the one. That's one another one, Kirby. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I had Georgia friends down there that were pissed because all of a sudden you had this team from the ACC coming in, you know, Clemson, who was yeah. able to get a couple. Yeah. And now, you know, yeah. obviously Yeah, they Clemson, jumped out of turn. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, you know, Clemson, down year, obviously, for them. Georgia rises up, and I think this is just what the program needed, man, to finally get over the hump, like you're saying, get the chip, show that they are on par with Alabama, and that, hey, if you're looking at Bama, you need to be looking at Georgia, too, because, you know, all respect to Saban and obviously what he's done over there. But, man, I'm going to tell you something. Georgia's not a bad place to be playing football on Saturdays either. You know, over there at Sanford Stadium, between the hedges. I love Between that setup, man. I got to get down there. And real funny, real funny story, real quick. Cause you talked about how Clemson jumped, jumped, uh, jumped the line. Mm-hmm. What made it even worse for Georgia fans? You had Deshaun Watson, who's a Georgia kid, right. who wasn't recruited by yeah. Georgia till late. He wins a natty, and then Trevor Lawrence, who mm-hmm. uh, another Georgia kid, who goes to Clemson. Like, how can two Georgia kids 
play quarterback <laughs> yeah. in Clemson, and they not in Athens. Like, Kirby, what are you doing? <laughs> right, exactly. And now nobody's talking about it, though, right? Nobody's talking oh, about no, it. Oh, no, no, that, that's a thing of the fact. Right. All right, so, Maceo, let me ask you this here, man, before we get you out of here. Obviously, you know, we've kind of talked a little bit about this before. You know, you down south, SEC, as, as one of my southern friends, a, a Volunteers fan, says – you know, foot, college football, you know, it just hits different down south. And I yeah. usually come back with, you take away Georgia, you take away Bama, occasionally LSU, and then you just have kind of a football conference. You know, no. nothing no. or horribly great. So you got two super teams, a third pseudo little super team program. Mm -hmm. But you take those mm -hmm. three away because we always argue, you know, Big Ten, SEC, all this stuff. And right. Big Ten, well, the Big Ten don't got an argument because, you know, outside of Ohio State winning it that year, they haven't done it. So it's, it's mm -hmm. not that I'm anti-SEC and all that stuff. But I just tell my friends down there, and and this is for you, Grant Horton, Mr. Tennessee fan, because Tennessee lost to that Big Ten school, Purdue, which he will never <laughs> live down, ever, forever, ever, forever, ever. Okay, I'm sorry. That's that's one of my SEC trolls, my homie Grant Horton out there. He always gets me sidetracked, Maceo. So, but, but honestly, let me get your thoughts on the conference, man. Take away, you know, Bama, Georgia, occasionally mm. LSU. What do you mm. think about the rest of that conference? You know, Kentucky had a nice little year this year. They kind of, you right. know, they ebb and flow. They're up and down. But, you know, A&M, obviously, good school, good team. But honestly, I just, it's just like almost another football conference once you get them top tiers out. Oh, yeah. It's, it's a conversation that, that people always love to have. And, I mean, the funny part about it is I think what makes – Southern football just a little bit different, and this is for uh, SEC, ACC, uh, any conference in the South. Right. Football is such a religion, and right. it just <laughs> the the football conversation sometimes like you have to really walk away from some of those conversations because it's like uh, it's like I mean, politics, on, right? It's like talking right, politics. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, what what are we arguing about? I mean, come on, guys. I mean, it's just the love for football that everybody has and something it's like little league football like it seems like they play little league football uh year round and when they're not doing that it's seven on seven and mm -hmm. you kind of forget that hey baseball is here basketball is here it's like people just love to talk and argue football 24 7 and until georgia won this natty it was almost like listen it was hard for you to be a bulldog fan and and you know you can have conversations but then people say, well, you ain't won that since nineteen eighty. Like people were calling mm -hmm. uh, UGA Herschel Walker University. Like right, this has yeah. been the name of it for so long. But I just think that the way people look at SEC football now, I, I make this argument all the time, Vince, and I'm 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 always telling people again, like you just said, take Georgia and Alabama out the mix. Mm -hmm. Take take them out the mix. Your other schools can those other schools go to a Clemson. Can they go to, you know, can they go to Ohio State? Right. Uh, can they win those kind of games? But, I mean, you you are fortunate to have a Alabama and a Georgia in your conference. Oh, of course. Yep. Absolutely. 
So yeah, it's just one of those conversations. It, it, I I don't like having that conversation, Vince, because I'm always telling people take the best team out of every conference. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. and, 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 and what do we have? So you know, I, I've made this argument several times. Like, okay, well, let's take your fourth school and my fourth school, and let's let them play. Let's take you know the bottom of the bear and the bottom of the bear of your conference, then let's play because uh, the top of the conference. Is, they're going to always, when we talk about Big Ten, pretty much Ohio mm-hmm. State recruits the same as Georgia and Alabama. Right. You know, yep. you would be hard-pressed to find a quarterback better than C.J. Stroud. Yeah, absolutely. You would. You'd be hard-pressed to find a group of receivers anywhere in the country no like Olave and Gary. Right. Yep. So it's like the elite don't always be elite. <laughs> mm-hmm. So let's start having the conversation from the middle of the pack and back. And then I think that's where we have better conversations. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Hey, Macy, oh, man, thank you so much, uh, my friend. Um, I, I appreciate you. I look man, forward my to guy. hooking Anytime, up. my guy. Hey, I'll be, I'll be uh, hitting you up. Here. Oh, real quick, man, before I get you out of here, just real quick, your thoughts on the Super Bowl. That's what I forgot to ask you. I mean, obviously, you got Joe Burrow doing his thing all of a sudden. Oh, yeah. LA, oh, yeah. LA some Matt Stafford in the Super Bowl. Who would have thunk that? So, yeah, just real right. quick, just give us your thoughts on that, my brother. <laughs> so, I've been riding Cincinnati Bengals this entire time. Uh, everybody who knows, I have a – I hadn't been uh, – I hadn't been very kind to Matthew Stafford. Since his Georgia days, <laughs> yep. you know, I've always said the guy was, I mean, some friendly talent, but on the big stage, he just can't get it done. Mm-hmm. I just, I've been riding Cincinnati the entire playoff. I'm not getting over, I'm not getting off it right now. I'm going Bengals in the Super Bowl because I just feel like Joe Burrow is so unbothered. And I think Matthew Stafford, he's going to do some Stafford things that he almost mm-hmm. did. And he almost did against Tampa Bay. The guy just couldn't. <laughs> DB just, I mean, you know, hey, he just couldn't make the kids. So he couldn't change. Man. He couldn't change the game. Throw but that Stafford in. Stafford gonna give yeah. you those kind of opportunities. That's true. And throw Stafford it in. Stafford, as I like to say. Oh no, go ahead. Oh no, no, I was, I was just like Stafford's going Stafford, and yep. can you take advantage of when he gives you those opportunities? Because he's gonna give you at least two. Good point. And I also think playing at home. You know, it was a little bit different for Tampa Bay because it wasn't like the full stadium, kind of the full effect. I mean, now it's a SoFi Stadium, the new stadium and and all this stuff. And if the Rams do it, great. But, man, I like what you said about Burrow. I I like that kid since he did his thing at LSU. I love the Mm -hmm. attitude. And I think if he could come back in his – really his second full year, obviously sitting out last year with that injury – if right. he can pull this off, man, I mean, he is the king of all of Ohio. And, and <laughs> Baker Mayfield, you on notice, man, because if Cincinnati comes out of here with a chip, Cleveland, all Cleveland Browns fans are going to, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, Cleveland, yeah, Brass gonna, and Cleveland are going to be looking at, they're going to be looking at Baker like, exactly. oh, yeah, you got to go. Yeah, exactly. you got to go, dude. We're not giving yep. you $40 million. Are you serious? <laughs> Now be Are careful. He might wind up in Atlanta. You never know, right? <laughs> <laughs> they won't let it happen. Let me tell you, Southwest Atlanta will not let it happen. Southwest Atlanta, they want Mike Vick 2.0. So right. That's why they're over Matt Ryan. They're over Matt Ryan. Right. They're exactly. like, get us a mobile running quarterback, and then everybody in Atlanta will be happy. <laughs> 
There we go. All right. Macy will again, my friend. Thank you so much, my brother, for joining us. My brother. Us. I will Always talk a pleasure, you. Vince. Always. All right, brother. You have a good one, man. And uh, hey, you too. what's and the temperature I'm down there? for that weather. No, you're not. Uh, what's the, the temperature, temperature right now? It's a, it's a balmy 49 right now. All right. Uh, hey, shoot. We'll get you up to to Minnesota in the wintertime, and you'll forget I'm everything not. Okay. you just said. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> All right, Maceo, you have a good one, brother. My brother. Thank you. All right, peace. All right, folks, the one and only Maceo Hurd Jr. on the Sports Done Right podcast on the Pigskin uh, Podcast Network. I I just love Maceo, man. I'm still just trying to contain my laughter here because – uh, he is he is he's a good dude. He obviously he knows the sports as as we have uh, seen um, the Pigskin Podcast Network. We are officially on, and I wanted to touch about that real quick before I get into the break. Talked with the folks, got the contract signed. As you saw, we are now up on the website. So make sure you go to pigskinpodcastnetwork.com where you'll get not only great shows on all the NFL teams, but also you're going to get great shows for college football as well. So again, the Pigskin Podcast Network is what the Sports Done Right show is on. Proud to be part of the family. And again, folks, make sure you're checking out 7th Avenue Pizza and the one and only cultivated CBD. All right, let's take a quick break. We'll be back. I'll give you some quick thoughts on the Vikings as they're heading into their new future. And we'll be right back. Vince Wright, Sports Podcast. And, oh, whoops, one thing else that I wanted to say. I want to say what up to Big Sydney Green or Sydney Jackson in our chat room. Big Mike listening, as always, Cedric Galloway, Vince looking at Minnesota weather like, damn, it's cold, put on shorts and flip-flops, head outside to some warm Arizona sunshine. Let me tell you something, peeps. Sports Done Right is enjoying the relocation. We will be back in Minnesota in April, but I ain't going to lie, man. It's going to be 80 degrees, sunny, and, you know, we're we're working down here. I mean, you you know, people on social media seeing all the fun we're having and the golf and stuff. But we down here doing our jobs and working. Just had to get out the winter, man. Just couldn't do that crap anymore. So, all right, let's take a quick break. We'll be right back to Sports Done Right Podcast on the Pigskin Podcast Network.
dodging bullets every day. Niggas hating on me cause I got holes on the tray. But I gotta stay paid, gotta stay above water. Couldn't keep up with my hoes, that's when shit got harder. North Memphis where I'm from, I'm 7th Street bound. When niggas all the time end up lost and never found. Man, these girls ain't me proof things, leave a big headache. I'm hoping every night they don't end up being dead. Wait, I got a snow bunny and a black girl too. You pay the right price and they'll both do you. That's the way the game goes. Gotta keep it strictly gripping. Gotta have a hustle tight. Make it change all these women here. Yeah, 
The villain does get fucked with no Vaseline. He's Minnesota's number one sports color commentator. The people got it right, and now it's time for you to get your sports done right. With the governor of sports talk, the Honorable Vince Wright. Now, let's get back to the show. This is Justin Exler from KNSI and KNSI Sports out of St. Cloud, Minnesota. Don't worry if you've never heard of me. My parents don't even listen. And you're listening to my main man, the sports governor of Minnesota, Mr. Vince Wright and the Sports Done Right Podcast. This is Bobby Boucher from the Fifty Shades of Boucher Podcast, and you're listening to Sports Done Right. What up, everybody? Vince Wright, the sports governor, coming to you live from the western abode in Phoenix, Arizona. Oh, Maceo, thank you so much, my friends. I just wanted to end the show here as we'll get back into the Minnesota sports scene next week, trying to arrange some guests to talk Timberwolves, uh, Vikings. It looks like on the Vikings side here, we have Ed Donatel. Supposedly, he's kind of crept into the lead for the defensive coordinator position. Uh, you know, obviously, Kevin O'Connell can't talk until after the Super Bowl, but... I don't know a whole lot about Donatel, so I can't sit and tell you he's the guy. He's not the guy. He's been in the NFL past 10 years as a defensive coordinator. He's been part of Vic Fangio's staff out in Denver here the past three years. Uh, he was also defensive coordinator for the Washington Huskies back in 2008 out there in the Pac-12. So we'll, we're going to take a look here see who should be a pick who should not be a pick but ed donatel is the favorite according to an espn article i'm looking at right now if we um go back there are a couple other names that are um interested as well and also the the vikings got a lot of you know kind of assistant coordinator positions that they have to get filled out as well so Look for the Vikings kind of behind the scenes because, again, you know, our new coach can't do anything till after Sunday Super Bowl. But stay tuned there. 
and look for the Vikings to kind of go on a hiring blitz as this new staff comes together and hopefully soon the Vikings will be in talks when we mention Super Bowls and first knots. And let me just end the show on this. My thoughts on the Super Bowl. Congratulations to both the Los Angeles Rams, Matt Stafford and crew, Joe Burrow, Cincinnati, over there with Jamar Chase. And I guess I'm kind of pulling for Cincinnati a little bit just because I do like Burrow. I'm a huge Jamar Chase fan. Nice to get them reconnected from the college days and look what they're doing, that defense over there in Cincinnati. It doesn't get a lot of pub because of the names on the offensive side. But Cincinnati, man, and like me and Maceo were just talking about, if they're able to do this, you know, basically in his second full season, Cleveland is going to be off the chain. Baker Mayfield is going to be gone. And (laughs) the team from down in southern Ohio is going to get the rub it in that other team's face in Ohio for a lifetime. So... Stay tuned. I I hope it's a good game, as they usually say. I'm going to go Cincinnati 27, Rams 21. And let's just see if it happens. I don't know, man. Uh, I think right now the betting lines have the Rams as a four-point favorite. They're playing at home. Will that stress, will that emotion be a little too much when you're playing at home and having to do it at home? Tampa Bay did it last year. But again, it was I think it was a half-full stadium they were playing in front of. It wasn't the full effect. Not that that's going to probably stop Tom Brady, but hey. Congratulations to the Rams as well. Like I said, Matt Stafford. Nobody expected us to be t- talking about Matt Stafford as a Super Bowl quarterback, but yet here we are. So Vikings fans, there is hope. There is hope. Um... Outside of that, Wolves with a nice win last night. Wild take a loss to Winnipeg 2-0, so Wild still looking good. They got a lot of games in hand, as they like to say, which means that they have a lot of games to make up while other teams are going to be settling down. Uh, Sidney Jackson says if UGA gets a better quarterback with the run game and defense, they will be trouble for the rest of the country. Oh, absolutely, man. Um, If they... Like we said, Georgia is just in a real nice position, finally on par with Bama to set up a nice little run where they can maybe get two out of three of the next national championships or, you know, two out of the next fourth, whatever it is. But I hear you, man. So Cedric, Sydney, uh, in the chat room there, thank you so much for tuning in there. I want to say what up to a few people on the Twitterverse that are uh, hitting me up and listening online with the special time of the Sports Done Right podcast. Um, I want to say hi to Sarah in Richfield, Minnesota. I want to say what up. We think we did earlier. Big Mike always listening out of Eden Prairie. Uh, I want to say what up to Jack over in Hudson, Wisconsin. And I also want to say what up to Charlotte, who's listening um, in South Minneapolis. And the other folks that listen on demand, again, to the sponsors. First off, it's National Pizza Day. So make sure you go get you some 7th Avenue pizza, as I like to say. And again, folks, a quick story. I went out the other day golfing. I woke up, and I don't know where it came from, but my knee was jacked up. I got out of bed. I stepped on my knee, and literally I was hobbling around 
the condo we rented. Didn't think I was going to be able to get out and play golf, but really wanted to because we were playing this really sweet course down here, the Wigwam uh, Resort Course. And so I, I started ODing on some cultivated CBD. I took a couple gummies. That roll on, man, I'm telling you guys, I, I roll. I did roll on on my knee. I waited about an hour. I did another kind of roll on on the knee. And by the time I was golfing, the pain was gone. I was fine. So again, cultivatedcbd.com. If you have any questions, hit them up on Twitter, email them, Anthony and the crew. They do a great job getting back to you and explaining what their product is and how it works and how it helps with pain, anxiety, sleep issues. I'm telling you guys, cultivated CBD is the way to go. And once again, my friends, the Pigskin Podcast Network, we are home. Make sure you check us out there. Check out all the shows on that network because there are many. Um, I'm talking, we got um, Lombardi's Legends for you, you Packer fans, Rams up the Finns podcast for the for the Miami fans. I mean, everybody, the Steel City Blitz podcast, Real Bucks talk, every team covered. Also on the college football side, Talking Tide, Orange Bowl boys, the Schooner Pod. So let's talk Penn State. All these shows, even fantasy football shows. So make sure you check us out, man. The Pigskin Podcast Network doing it big things. And more news to come there on on things we're going to be doing through the network. So, folks, have a great day. Stay warm to all my Minnesota people. The sports governor, Vince Wright, thanks you so much for your support. Again, thank you, Macy O'Hara Jr., for joining us down there in Atlanta. And with that, my friends, we will be back next week. Peace. Thank you for listening to Sports Done Right with your host, the governor of Minnesota Sports Talk, the Honorable Vince Wright. Check out Sports Done Right every Tuesday night. And when it's over, stay up on all of the breaking sports news and commentary by joining the Sports Done Right Facebook group. Let your voice be heard and join the conversation right now. You finally got it right with Sports Done Right. Right.